uh, Minister, uh, guests, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's my pleasure to welcome you to Academy House this morning uh, for the launch of the Rural Conversations Report. And a, a very special welcome to Minister Michael Ring, TD, the uh, Minister for Rural and Community Developments, and to uh, the senior officials uh, from his department. I'd also like to, to, to welcome all the stakeholders from uh, across the country, uh, many of whom also attended the Rural Conversation events uh, which took place around the country. And there was a huge range of, of stakeholders, uh, including uh, local rural communities, uh, local uh, businesses, uh, government and support agencies, uh, NGOs, and academic research groups. Uh, a real getting together of all tiers of uh, rural society. Um, the president of the Academy, Professor Peter Kennedy, uh, sends his very best wishes and congratulations uh, for the launch today, but unfortunately, uh, he was unable, unable to attend uh, today's events. Um, one of the three goals of the Royal Irish Academy in its new strategic plan, which was published uh, just a few months ago, is to serve Ireland and the public good. And a major objective is to enhance the Academy's contribution to public policy formation. And the Academy, as you may know, is an all-island body. North and South is really important, uh, particularly uh, in the present climate. But also in the present climate, equally important is East and West, and Northwest and Northeast, and throughout the entire breadth of, of the country. Um, a major, another major objective of the Academy is to broaden our geographical reach and impact beyond Dublin, where most of our activities have, have focused to now. And I think the rural conversations and the report that will be launched today represent a really tangible example of achieving those objectives, providing and analysing robust data, going beyond the pale here in Dublin, and hopefully contributing uh, information and reliable ideas that will help shape future policy that are pertinent uh, to rural Ireland. And I would like to acknowledge and thank the Department of Rural and Community Development for their collaboration and for their wholehearted and enthusiastic support throughout the uh, entire project and for attending all of the regional events. Uh, that collaboration has been absolutely invaluable. And I'd also like to extend the Academy's thanks uh, to the institutions that, hold, that hosted the three uh, rural roundtable stakeholder events uh, that took place in November of uh, last year and February and April of this year uh, at uh, NUI Galway, at the Dundalk Institute of Technology and the Waterford Institute of Technology. Uh, those facilitations by uh, the institutions was absolutely critical to the success of the project. And the project itself, or the initiative, was developed and spearheaded by the Social Sciences Committee uh, of the Academy. And I would like to thank them, both the current committee and the previous committee that really instigated the, the, the idea, um, for what is absolutely, I think, an excellent and an innovative uh, innovation. Um, uh, in a few moments, uh, Anya Highland, who's chair of the committee, will say a few words, and then uh, Felicity Kelleher uh, from the committee will present a summary of the findings. But now it's my pleasure uh, to invite Minister Michael Ring, the Minister for Rural and Community Development, to say a few words and to formally launch 
uh, the report. Minister, you're very welcome again. Uh, good morning to you all. Uh, Pat, thank you very much. Thank you very much uh, for having me here today. And also thank you, and particularly uh, the Royal Irish Academy. I want to thank you for your commitment and for your dedication. And I thought you put it very well for your commitment and dedication to Ireland. And I think that speaks uh, everything. And I want to thank you and thank every single one of you, not alone in relation to today, but the work you do on a day-to-day -day basis, the work you do on a year-to-year -year basis. Uh, sometimes people like yourselves don't get recognised but the tremendous uh, commitment you make to Ireland. And on my own behalf and on behalf of the government, I'd like to thank you and I'd like you to give yourselves a big round of applause for all the work that you do. <clears throat> when, the I, when the RIA approached my department in the middle of last year, we were delighted to hear that they wanted to place a focus on rural Ireland. So we were more than happy to be associated uh, with the rural compensation events and I know that they were a tremendous success. And I know that, that, that many, many people turned up to these events. Too often rural Ireland is portrayed negatively in the media. And the headlines tend to highlight challenges facing rural areas. But these stories do not just do, do justice to the people who live and work in rural Ireland. And my job as Minister for Rural and Community Development, particularly since I came into the Cabinet over the last two years, has been to highlight the positivity but the very good things and the good people we have working and living in rural Ireland. And I want to say this again today, and every opportunity that I get, I make this point. Sometimes the media, they focus on the negativity, never really focus on the positivity. And sometimes I think, you know, and even our national broadcaster, there has to be a balance, has to be a balance. Of course, everything is not right in, in rural Ireland, but everything is not wrong in rural Ireland. Rural Ireland, has some very thriving communities, has some fine quality people living and working and are very proud of rural Ireland. And the one thing that rural Ireland has, community. And don't ever forget that word, community. People working together, people pulling together. And I'll just give you a few examples in relation to community. If it's a death in a village, death in a town, tragedy in a family, that's when you see community at its best. That's when you see rural Ireland at its best. The GA, the soccer, the rugby, everybody pulling and working together. And the towns, and I come from a town. It's a place called Westport, Cahernamar. Uh, very proud of it. Uh, it's a town where community, people work together, people pull together. Take the tidy towns. This morning, and some of you were up, some of you were in bed. Six o'clock this morning, our community we're out there cleaning up our town. And anybody that has ever been in Westport will know exactly what I'm talking about. We're also delighted in that town that we have Allergan. Now, people mightn't be aware, and I look around here this morning and I know there's nobody using it, Botox. That is in Westport. We have, there's 2,000 people uh, working uh, in my town in Allergan. Botox has been used in Westport been sold all over the world. We have Coca-Cola. We have Port West, another local company, <coughs> exporting all over the world. And there's local people uh, and other people that have come to live in our community, working and living there. We have Coca-Cola. 
Baxter. These are all in my county, and I only talk about my county this morning just to use it as an example. This is happening in every other county. We have some multinational companies that are prepared to come in and set up companies in rural Ireland. And the challenge that we have now, how is it Allergan 40 years ago? 40 years ago, 40 years they're in Westport, when the IDA and this country was in a major depression, we could attract a major international company like that, that developed that company, that has their European headquarters in my town, that have 2,000 people working in this country, were able to come to a town like that and create employment. Why can't some of the multinational companies now, and I'm not saying let them bring, bring their own, bring the, the existing company they have, but the side traps of their companies that they could be bringing into Tullamore, that they could be bringing into Castlebar, that they could be bringing into Tipperary, that they could be creating employment. My job as Minister for Rural and Community, and I give the example, community. What's my job in the community? I'll tell you what my job is. I have the sidecap program. I have a big, we have a funding program there for inner city Dublin. We're in the sidecap program, we deal with disadvantaged areas. We deal with disadvantaged communities. We deal with disadvantaged people, giving them the opportunity, giving them the chance, giving them the chance to be able to, to get the education that they need to get them to, into the workplace, to be able to, to, to get on a one-to-one -one basis, to be able to help them to read and write, to be able to go out there and target the people most in need, the Department of Rural and Community. And the third part of my brief is development. And the development part of it is, since I came into office, and particularly in the last two years as senior minister, before that as minister for state, there's lots of money going into rural Ireland now. We have the outdoor recreation scheme. We have the town inventor scheme. We have the Clare program, the leader program, and the recent announcement, uh, the rural regeneration scheme. That's a game changer. That's going to be funding major projects in every corner of this country. And I have to say that that scheme is working very well. And the kind of projects, the kind of ideas, and the kind of people that are out there living and working in rural Ireland is just unbelievable. And I really mean this. I see that last half full. A lot of people see it half empty. There has been an element of people, and I say this, and I get criticised when I say it, but I'll keep saying it, that has made a living out of criticising rural Ireland. I don't believe in that. I believe that you have to be honest, you have to be just, and you have to be fair. And again, as I said at the beginning, it's not... Everything is not perfect. Just take the broadband issue. And I don't want to see that becoming an urban-rural divide. That is a critical infrastructure that's needed in rural Ireland. And I can go back to 1975 in Ballycroy, in my county, when they had no light. At that time, there was people saying, well, they don't really need it. We, don't, we couldn't afford to be putting that kind of infrastructure into rural Ireland. Imagine, in 1975, they were depriving people of light in rural Ireland. And that is so critical. That is how critical broadband is to rural Ireland now. I know many companies. Recently, I met a lady who came to Mayo. She bought a small house. She wanted to bring her children. She wanted to live in Westport. And she wanted to work and live in Westport. She has had, last year, three million of a turnover. She is now got a contract this week, and I can't say any more of that because I met her on the street the other day. She's got a contract with a major multinational company, and she'll be doing their payroll from Westport in County Mayo. And if it can be done in Westport, it can be done in Tipperary. 
a cabot on Thurles, a cabot on Letterkenny. And we here in Dublin, fantastic city, a lovely city. But, you know, I wouldn't like to be living here seven days a week. And I, I really do feel sorry for people. Whether it be up at six, <laughs> and I have to be up at six in the morning, traveling into work, traveling home in the evening, their quality of life. And they work so hard. And, you know, sometimes we don't give them the credit for the way that they, 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 they have to get out in the morning. They have to go back home in the evening and the little time they have to spend with their family. I want to say in relation to this report that you and your group did. And I'm looking forward to hearing some of the, and I know that you're going to outline, uh, and I know that you'll explain to, it to the people here this morning, watch out, we're talking to people, what they want, what they need, and what they value in rural Ireland. We value the work and the commitment and the conversation that you've had with these people. We value uh, any report that's done. And everything in that report is not positive, but it's not negative either. It's fair and balanced. And that's what I all am asking from the media, is to be fair and balanced. If they're going down doing a report in relation to problems that we have, and of course we have problems in rural Ireland, maybe sometimes they could go down and do positive reports. On a daily basis, I'm around this, this country. I'm out there meeting people, community people, people that are out there creating jobs, people that are out there that want to live in rural Ireland, love rural Ireland, and love Ireland. And we're all part of it. And it's important for the whole country that, you know, that we don't have an imbalance, an imbalance where we have uh, most of the population living in Dublin and rural Ireland in difficulty. I'll finish on this note. There's more people now working and living in rural Ireland uh, since the foundation of the state now than there ever was. So when you hear that report on RTE or read it in a, in a daily paper, it's not true. And it's not me saying it. It's not the department saying it. It's the CSO figures. More people working and living in rural Ireland now than there has been since the foundation of the state. What we want now is to get more people working and living in rural Ireland, giving them the same opportunities, giving them the same chances, and having a balance so that the people of Dublin are happy, the people of rural Ireland is happy, and the country will prosper. And that's what it's all about. Thank you for doing the report. Thank you for your commitment. And thank you for working with my department. And you're quite correct. We have a new department, a young department, but a very bright department, a very bright future for that department. And whoever comes into government, uh, and I hope we'll be still in government after the next election, I, that department must be left in full and must be added to because there's many more parts of other departments that should be in the Department of Rural and Community Development. Thank you for doing your report. Thank you for having me here this morning. Thank you all. Thank you very much, Minister, for those inspiring words. It's great to be here and to see so many of you here. And on behalf of the Social Sciences Committee, I'd like to thank all of you for coming today. And for those of you who've been involved in preparing this report, uh, to say how great it is to have, to have achieved this wonderful work. Uh, I'd like to add my voice to that of the Minister to remind all of us that Rural Ireland is home to 57% of our country's population. This is something that very many people don't realise, I think. And compared to the rest of the European community and the OECD, 
for example, in the OECD, only one quarter of the population overall live in rural regions. But here in Ireland, more than half of our population live in rural regions. The rural community is of significant value to the economic and social well-being of the country, accommodating a great number of indigenous and foreign business and, talent, and having a talented uh, labour pool. Uh, it has a great capacity, greater than it, sub it currently has, for subsuming population growth. Again, a point made by the Minister here. And as of now, there are more people living in rural Ireland than there have ever been before since the foundation of the state. So it's a really vibrant and live time for us here. And of course, there's huge growth potential in key domestic sectors in rural Ireland, as the Minister has mentioned, and through encouraging multinational corporations to locate in these communities, and of course, building up our own uh, indigenous uh, uh, industries and services, um, we have a great future ahead of us. The Royal Irish Academy's 2018-19 series of rural stakeholders consultative events organized in association with the Department of Rural and Community Development, focused on economic development, social cohesion, and vibrant and sustainable communities. And these really dynamic and interesting roundtable events were held in three locations, in the west of Ireland, in NUI Galway, in the northeast, uh, Dublin Institute of Tech, sorry, Dundalk Institute of Technology, and Waterford, and in the southeast, Waterford Institute of Technology. And I attended uh, Dundalk and Waterford, and it was wonderful to see the turnout of so many people representing so many different organizations and groups in various rural communities in Ireland. The debate and the discussion was really fascinating, and we all learned so much from it. And I'd particularly like to thank the department and the department officials who attended, and particularly William Parnell, for their generosity, both in supporting the series, but also their generosity in listening to the views that were put forward by the different stakeholders in the rural communities in Ireland. It was a great example of genuine collaborative consultation and it was consultation in the best sense and having been involved from an education perspective many in many many consultative processes i think this was one of the most uh, engaging and engaged uh, processes that i have um, seen in many in many years and i think all of our departments can learn from how this consultation um, uh, was was carried out and I'm not going to talk about the findings because Felicity will do that now, but I'd just like to finish up by thanking a number of people who made the process, the whole um, consultation possible and the conversations and the, 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 the excellent uh, findings um, that came out of them. Obviously, the, um, the, the staff of the Department of Rural and Community Development come top of our list, Kevin McCarthy, Secretary General, in particular William Parnell, as I say, who attended all the uh, meetings and engaged and listened to what was going on, and Ashling Penrose, who has been most helpful and supportive throughout. And in the institutions themselves, in NUI Galway, Cahal O'Donoghue, the Dean of Arts and Social Sciences, uh, in DKIT, Michael Mulvey, 
president who, uh, and Colette Henry, uh, head of School of Business and Humanities, who helped to keep the uh, dynamic going during, during the day. And in WIT, Willie Donnelly, the president who opened it, the proceedings and stayed with us, and of course, Felicity. How could we have achieved this without Felicity, whose idea and dream it was and who delivered so successfully? Felicity was a rapporteur with her colleague Leanne Rennell um, from WIT, and they wrote this, this really accessible report. And finally, uh, last but certainly not least, Pauline McNamara here in the Academy and her colleagues who provide really efficient support and service at all times. So with that, I'm going to hand over to Felicity and she will talk you through some of the findings in the report and we won't keep you too long. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anya. Um, thank you very much to everyone for coming today. I would say that this is your words, so hopefully we've been loyal to everything that was covered in the rooms over the three um, events in the series. I also just wish to add to um, uh, the thanks that have been expressed today. Like most things, this, this takes a village. And in context, of course, Pauline, but also Dr. Ashley Murray of our committee and Leanna Reynell, who has already been mentioned. In addition, um, Professor Rosalind Pritchard is the previous chair of the Social Science Committee and supported this event and the series wholeheartedly. It's already been mentioned um, by Minister Ring that uh, it can be quite negative what's being expressed in the um, media. So when we looked at the rural conversations, I'm a rural dweller myself, and I was a bit fed up with that kind of rhetoric. So we were very conscious in terms of the rural conversation series to exhibit how good we are in rural Ireland. As um, was just, just cited by Anya, 57% of our population live in rural Ireland, but we have a very significant talented labour pool within that community. And there's a myriad of rural communities and community leaders that are contributing throughout the country, not only in rural Ireland, but to our urban counterparts. It's also growing in importance. An anticipated half a million new inhabitants will be in rural Ireland by 2040. That's a wide populace of indigenous and foreign businesses will exhibit throughout that community and offer gainful employment to those who wish to live and work in our rural communities. It's also contributing to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. We're very aware of the impact of overcrowding in our urban settings in Ireland and abroad. And one way we can overarch our growth as an entire island, an entire country, is through our combined efforts as rural and urban community dwellers. So we have great potential here for our rural communities. Enhanced shared social and economic spaces will offer people the opportunity to meet not only for economic reasons, but for the social fabric that creates our unity within our communities. There's greater potential and greater um, progress being made under the auspices of the Department of Rural and Community Development for greater cohesion, not only within local development groups, but also across them. 
This multi-generational leader engagement from the youth to the elderly gives us the great potential not just for older and younger leaders, but for the transfer of deep knowledge between the generations. In everything from tourism to the reenactment of traditional skills to the resurrection of traditional ethoses throughout our community, we have so much potential and I know there are many from each of those sectors in the room. We also have, as Minister Ring rightly pointed out, multinational corporations who can locate in these communities with greater potential to cluster expertise without the enhanced pressure of places to live as well as work in these communities. So under that auspice, the series purpose was to consider the opportunities and challenges facing rural areas in realizing their potential as thriving independent communities and contributing to national progress. We're here and we do want to contribute. To utilize the multidisciplinary expertise within the RIA Social Science Committee to facilitate discussion among a wide range of stakeholders and the distillation of these ideas into a set of policy suggestions. With particular thanks to William Parnell and his entire team for helping guide us in the context of um, the report drafts such that these suggestions can be embedded in further policy development. As Anya has just mentioned, so I'll gloss over uh, this detail, we've had more than 200 stakeholders engage fully in roundtable discussions in three locations over the last year. We've attempted to be uh, sincerely loyal to your words. We gathered every word, um, we, we recorded each event, and we gathered every piece of paper at every table and attempted to ensure we had them spread out in a very large room. I'm looking for Liana there. Um, it was spread out in a very large room over a number of days to ensure that your voice was not lost in the collation of this report. So these are some of the things that came out. The very strong one in economic development is not only development as it currently stands, but the great potential within and across our rural communities. There is an appreciation of the deep innovation available within these communities and the tapped and untapped potential of what we can contribute as an entire community to the development of Ireland Inc. In terms of social, uh, social cohesion, there was an appreciation of the current cohesion within and across our communities. There was an appreciation of our new citizens and an appreciation of encouraging and enhancing the progression of youth leaders within those communities. There was an awareness, just in, in terms of balance, there was a deep awareness of access. Not only access in the physical form in terms of transport, but also access in the technological form in terms of good quality, high-speed uh, high broadband throughout our communities. While it was acknowledged at all of the round tables that great progress has been made in these areas, they are again highlighted in this report as a vital element of realizing the potential of future communities. In terms of the vibrancy of and sustainable um, communities, again, community was central, and the fact that people were really core in this context cannot be overlooked. The need for local community spaces and the enhancement of these spaces availability throughout all hours and all days of the week has been really reinforced throughout all three 
um, roundtable events. The social elements of cross-generational impact and interaction was again reinforced. So what are the key insights? A holistic government policy and interdepartmental coherence was strongly encouraged. People are at the centre of our communities. There was a strong sense that diversity needs to be deeply encouraged such that the true potential of our future communities can be realised. Diversity in terms of gender, um, religious background, age, uh, new and, and older citizens was all emulating from the centre of this purpose. In this context, several of the insights that are being encouraged in terms of policy suggestions include on the edges here a co-created education and development system that is fit for purpose for an evolving community. Technical and physical infrastructure that supports the underbelly of the community and uh, particularly in the context of cross-community engagement, rural health and safety services and planning a balanced ecosystem for the community at large. Within that context, as Minister Ring rightly said, what really came out strongly was that it is our duty to bang on the doors of the media operators to ensure that our story is told in a fair and equitable manner. We are not avoiding the challenges, but we also have huge opportunities and really strong stories to tell through the positive lens of those who came before us and those that are there now, but also those that are coming up behind us. There's changing need for social spaces that are not particularly affiliate to any religion or sport. There's changing need and nature of work and evolving work environments. I'm told that many of us will be working from home in the future. Um, and in context, there is need for more, not less social engagement, if that be the case. There's changing a landscape of volunteerism and our awareness in that context from your feedback is that it's our responsibilities as education providers to ensure that we appreciate what will be required in terms of skills as volunteerism evolves into the future. We're looking at passing tradition through the, the generations and when I think about how much I hated crochet, I suspect that that's what will be left in my final days. <laughs> There's also a, a really strong ethos coming through in terms of new farm models. My own background, my, my family are multi-generational millers, so I know a great deal more about the four stomachs the cows have than I look like. Um, but in new farm models, we're looking at ways of sustaining that balancing um, between a sustainable community of farmers with a sustainable income for themselves. Some of the unexpected findings are less unexpected. Um, Minister Ring, you, you mentioned the rituals and the events that bring us together as rural communities. I'm sure there are many in the room that have driven several hours to shake a hand in, in um, consolation at a funeral or a wake. There is an opportunity for communities to show this solidarity with bereaved neighbours and it's often seen as a celebration of life. Now, in, in echo, that these are communities that, that are encouraging each other at all stages of life, both good and bad. There's a need for a national smart working map using smart working platforms. What we mean there is that the development of a future skills gap analysis toolkit can help us prepare for what is literally on our doorstep, including artificial intelligence and big data. I have 10 nieces and nephews 
Only two are in occupations that existed 20 years ago. It isn't that this is the future, it's the evident now. Impact of long distance commutes on community in terms of their health and social well-being is something that came true in the unexpected findings, but particularly the fact that it hollows out our communities. There must be ways of encouraging this kind of balance into the future. The perception that traffic and commuting issues are, are seen as just city problems. Any of the rest of you that are in rural communities know that it's currently silage season and you're not getting anywhere fast on rural roads either. So the importance of the media in rural communities, to come back to Minister Ring, the local media is a key source of information on news and social events. It can often be a connector for our elderly in particular. And there must be ways of encouraging that positivistic, or sorry, the positive stories that are there in terms of rural media into the national media space. Which, as, as Minister Ring rightly highlighted, are perceived by some as highlighting the negative rather than the positive aspects of events in rural communities. So the suggestions for policy, you'll be glad to hear this is the last one. The suggestions for policy, and, and, and it, as, as this is a summary of the report, it's there for, for your use in both hard and soft copy, is this central need for a holistic government policy and interdepartmental coherence. It is important to note that it was consistent in the feedback that the establishment of a department of rural and community development is seen as a very positive thing amongst your community. So it is fantastic to hear that um, the intent is for this to solidify and grow in its importance for the 57% of us we, we, um, we support. The suggestions in terms of policy are that a community-led approach needs to be, and a, a bottom-up approach needs to be led in terms of socio-economic development policy. There's a need, for, again, for a balanced ecosystem. There were su strong suggestions for links to EU policy and EU funding, and to the simplification of that link between the EU and Ireland for the users on the ground. The technical and physical infrastructure is something that's been worked on, but there is awareness, particularly in the, the more rural spaces, if you look at the uh, geography spreading out from urban units, those that are the furthest out, which Minister Ring, I'm sure you know uh, uh, as, a, as a Mayo man, um, is, is the importance of these infrastructures in context. So some of the things that were particularly highlighted, as you can see here, are highlighted uh, a high-speed broadband policy, which is in situ and is working towards a, a favourable solution for the community. Interestingly, an integrated land-water environmental policy. The sense was that these are, are somewhat siloed and that there would be an opportunity for greater integration between those responsible for land and water um, cleanliness. Uh, rural corporate social responsibility guidelines, particularly as many communities now require insurance to lead community events and, and also just to have a, a community boards. Multifaceted communication policy for the rural communities that can be picked up even how do you engage with media in an appropriate manner. A cohesive support for the border regions. And in particular, thanks to Dundalk Institute of Technology for hosting the social cohesion event, where we got a really deep understanding of some of the challenges for those who live and work in the border regions on both sides of the border. 
and the rural community leader capability development, in particular capturing potential among the very young and recapturing potential of the less young. Um, our retirees in our rural communities have very strong potential to contribute and the general sense is that there is both latent demand and latent support for encouraging older rural leadership. You will see these in the report, but these are the specific um, um, suggestions for policy, a national strategy for the community leader and volunteer support infrastructure, including mentor links with other community leaders and the youth, with targeted schemes for rural youth, commuters, retired, distinct communities and new citizens, support for the evolving social and economic enterprise models. Um, clustering models of um, small businesses, for example. We've spoken of, of broadband in both work and home, and the need for the social economic spaces where different generations and new and established citizens can interact. The strategies to enable people to both live and work in rural spaces, both indigenous organisations and also the encouragement of uh, multinationals into these spaces need for a rural communication policy to help activate rural value and contribution to Irish society at both national, regional and local level. As strategy planning that maps the EU policy and funding to rural Ireland, as we've just uh, mentioned, greater support for the rural border areas. Um, we're in, in interesting times as of, as of this morning, um, so, so no more important than now. J1 type visas and Erasmus placements for rural Ireland as specific schemes and incentivize educators and researchers to engage with rural focused disserta dissertations and group projects or to commercialize their research. And with that, there's, there's little more for me to say, only to thank you for coming to the Royal Irish Academy today. And thank you in particular to Minister Ring and to William Parnell and to the entire team that we've had the joy of engaging with over the last 12 months. We would also like to encourage you to come back to the Royal Irish Academy. And the next most, um, uh, the next event is the Housing and Home Global and Local event. It's at the, at the back of your agenda. Um, this will be held on the 21st of November 2019. And the Royal Irish Academy are conscious to let you know the doors are open to all of you. Thank you.